everyone, I'm Brandon Odo. And I'm Brian Bowling. And this is Critical Care Scenarios, the podcast where we use clinical cases, narrative storytelling, and expert guests to unpack how critical care is practiced in the real world. Hey everyone, just a quick topic for today's Turbo. Many of us are involved in the training of new clinicians, whether um, from the same specialty as yourself, or my case, that would be a a critical care PA, to closely related ones. Uh, An example would be a critical care NP, uh, all the way to, you know, other positions that do similar work, perhaps a medical student, uh, to people who are just kind of transiently visiting to see what you do. Uh, Training is an important part of medicine these days. It's kind of a continuous, ongoing process. We're always teaching somebody. Um, And never does this feel more weighty and important as when you're training people to actually do your job. So say your, your team, your department has hired some new people. You're trying to get them situated so they can do your job. For an APP such as myself, this becomes all the more important because Many times, these are new graduates. These are people who have no medical training except what they received in school. And by and large, that is really limited when you're, you know, it's time to apply it to critical care medicine. For PAs such as myself, who really in school were mainly trained to do generalist work, uh, sort of in a primary care setting, there's a a lot to learn. Um, So when you are trying to orient or onboard these people, what you're really doing is is teaching them how to do medicine and how long you have to do this depends on your workflow and how your training model is set up in your system. But many times what happens when you're training people like this is that you're not only trying to impart skills and knowledge to them, you are inevitably judging them. In your mind, you are thinking, is this person doing well? Are they learning at a good pace? Where do they fall in the hierarchy of people that I've trained to do similar things in the past? And you know that depends how long you've been doing this. But to the extent that you have a, a standard in mind, and the standard could just be where you hope they end up. What do you consider kind of fully trained to the level they need to be? And where are they you know, short of that? Some people will, of course, do very well. They have a lot of aptitude. Maybe they had a lot of prior knowledge coming in. Uh, And some people will not be doing so well. Those are the people that I want to talk about today. What do you do with the people who seem to be not particularly gifted at the work you're trying to help them learn? Of course, that applies to critical care medicine for an APP, but it, I think most of this applies to just about any role, any level of training. And I think one of the things we wonder as we inevitably judge these people, even if it's just in our minds, is whether the learner who is lagging behind is ever going to catch up. Yes, some people learn faster, some people learn slower, but is there a level of slowness which implies that that person is never going to make it? Are there some people who, quote, just aren't cut out 
for this kind of work. And depending on our worldview, we may be quicker or slower to jump to that conclusion, but I think eventually most of us do get there. You know, we're, we're patient, but, you know, enough weeks or months or whatever has have passed, and gosh, we, f- we feel like we've, you know, taught this person the same thing three times, and man, it, you know, some of the stuff they don't know, it's not just advanced things, it's, it's stuff that is incredibly basic, like, Anyone should know this if they have like two working hemispheres of their brain, right? Maybe there's just, we never really spelled out what exactly is the, the fundamental problem here, but there is some fundamental problem. This person just, they, they, they don't seem to be able to learn. It's a, they don't have the, the capacity. It's, it's not just nurture, it's, it's nature by God. And, you know, sometimes, eventually, we have to sit down and, you know, maybe you have a, a manager who's saying, hey, how's this person coming? Are they ready to work? And you say, you know, I, I don't know if it's, if it's going to work out. And eventually, sometimes you have to kick these people loose and say, you know, this, this position is, doesn't seem like it's going to work out for you the way we hoped. It is true that that is perhaps sometimes necessary. But the caveat I want to offer today is that it is not necessary as much as you think. There are different levels of aptitude and you know different speeds at which people learn, and there are a million things that contribute to that. But when you have that little voice in your head that starts wondering, is there something just wrong with this person and they're not capable of learning? Generally, yet the answer is no. Why do you think that? What is it that's making you suspect that you can't teach this person? I think there are a few things that tend to lead to that. One is that inevitably, the farther you get out of your training, and if you are training others, it, it is likely that it's been a while, you're relatively experienced, the more you forget about how much there is to learn early on and how hard it can be to learn it. You think that you are teaching somebody an algorithm for treating DKA today. But even if you have the wherewithal to remember that, yes, you've done this a hundred times, this guy has done it zero times, therefore it's going to be a little harder for them to learn. Even if you have the wherewithal to realize that the speed that you learn things may not be the speed they learn things, and even if you also recognize that trying to you know adjust for those factors there are going to be aspects that you don't recognize that have become invisible to you. Even with all of that under consideration, there is still a lot that you don't understand about what it's like to be that person today. You know, there is so much that goes into learning at this level, and most of it has become completely transparent to you by this point. You think you're teaching them about fluids and adjusting them, This person is trying to learn that, but also trying to remember how to enter orders in your medical record system, how to behave professionally in a workplace, how to not look dumb. That's probably a big concern for them. How to, you know, maybe pronounce some words correctly. These are all things that have become so second nature to you 
you don't have to think about them. So you have the bandwidth to focus on whatever issue is at the very pinnacle, whether you're trying to teach something or trying to learn it. They are distracted by all those other things. Their cognitive bandwidth is consumed by noise. And people have to learn those things. Obviously, the way you get better at them until they are second nature is by doing them. But it does consume some of their capacity. And the more of these other things they're wrapped up with, the less they have available to learn whatever it is you think you're teaching them. This is not even considering the factor of stress. Now, stress is contributed to by all these things, but there is also, of course, just a psychological factor to it. Some people are a little bit more prone to it. They tend to have a little bit more anxiety. And when they are learning and perhaps struggling with their learning, as everyone does, they are more prone to letting that become a factor on its own. So now they're worrying about the fact that they're worrying. Now they're starting to have some of the same thoughts you've been having. Man, am I ever going to learn this? Am I not cut out for this? Or whatever. It's this sort of thing that explains how an otherwise intelligent, functional person may not just have trouble learning about DKA, but you may turn around and find that this is the second or third time you told them something much more simple, where the bathroom is, or how to order something, or to please remember to do this or that. Stuff that you think are just simple, you know, rote things to remember. And then you're like, man, what's wrong with this person? Like, why can't he do this? Is he dumb? Well, probably not. Is he being difficult? No, probably not that. He is so busy remembering all these other things that are just kind of gnawing at him like hornets that he forgot. Even easy stuff gets hard. He remembered nine other things, but he forgot that thing. I just want you to try to recognize the fact that a person who comes into a position like this, and of course the more advanced the level, the more they have behind them. They've done a tremendous number of things successfully to even reach this point in their career. So if you are going to truly try to argue that this person cannot learn something, and we're not talking about learning something that you know only a handful of people on earth have the intelligence to understand, we're talking about learning something that is part of the basics of medicine. That seems unlikely. What you're really saying is that they are learning it more slowly. And of course, that is true. And I will not argue that due to the practical requirements of life and employment and medicine, some people may learn too slowly. You can teach just about anyone, just about anything. Any concept, any workflow, any procedure, they can learn it. It just may take longer than you expected and perhaps longer than some. But it is true that it could be longer than you have. You really need someone to fill this position within three months and you're at five months in, and they're not yet ready. And you say, look, we just, we can't devote any more time to training this person. And, you know, of course, you don't know how much longer it will be. It, you know, there's no clear 
timeline when you will be done here. We can't play that game anymore. We need to roll the dice with somebody else. That may be true. But that is very different from saying that this person will never be able to learn how to treat DKA or place a central line or whatever. Now, that is also different from saying what is perhaps also true, which is that the learner may not be willing to go down that road anymore. They may be finding that they don't like this work as much as they expected, or they may be finding that it is harder than they hoped, as you are finding. And even if you're willing to continue on that process, they are not. It's too much stress. It's too unpleasant. And perhaps they can kind of see that even if and when they are trained, they don't necessarily want to be where they'll end up. The nature of what they're doing is not their cup of tea. Some people find that the sort of quote, high stakes nature of what we do uh, is not a lot of fun to them. They don't enjoy that. They unenjoy it. Uh, the kind of need for decision making and, you know, putting yourself on the line and perhaps sometimes being busy and blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is that we do, it's not their thing. That is totally legitimate. And if they decide that, then that's fine. You gave it a try. Nobody understands what any specialty is truly like until they spend some time on it. We all hope that we chose right, but often we don't. It is not just you. The turnover for this position, and of course I'm talking about this one, but this probably applies to many, is high. The number of critical care APPs who are still doing this job in 10 years is a small percentage of the people who initially embarked on that training. And there are a lot of factors, but you know, Part of it is because it's just not for everyone. The final caveat I'd like you to take away is that you may be thinking, gosh, even if I can get this person trained or flipping it around, if you can complete your own training, it's been so hard. How, how good are they ever really going to be at it? Yeah, I mean, maybe I can get them to the minimum competency, but it just, you know, it, it seems clear that this is not, uh, you know, something they are a natural at. This is not their aptitude. Um, it, you know, they're never going to be a, a rock star here. Is this a good use of my time? And there, I would say you actually are wrong. The correlation between the speed of uptake in someone's training, how they look early on, and where they eventually land is very, 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 very poor. You know, it's like um, enrolling people in a study. You're projecting a 1,000 patients, you're 50 patients in, and you think you see a, a trend in the data. Will that stand up by the end? Probably not. And if you, if you look at those numbers and you start trying to read those tea leaves, there is just no good for you there because you're probably going to be wrong. Even something that looks very convincing early on is just as likely to flip around by the end. And here I think that's true too. It may be that people who struggle the most early on end up being the strongest. I used to do EMS as an EMT working on the road, and you train a lot of people because there's a lot of turnover. And you get these people who just seem like they have a real hard time learning. And I honestly think, although I haven't studied it, 
that it is more likely that the people who struggled early, if they stuck with it and people stuck with them, ended up being some of the strongest clinicians at that work eventually. Those are the people who end up being leaders and educators and, you know, whatever, medical director of the system. Why is that? Well, you know, maybe in that case, some of the people who struggled the most early are people who were uh, very young, maybe straight out of college, uh, had no other work experience. So they're struggling to just learn a lot of things about even being an employee. Uh, and so again, that's consuming their bandwidth. Uh, but you know, that also means that they went to college and very likely to go on to do other training. These are people with good fundamental education. They just need to learn a lot. Maybe that doesn't apply so much in our hospital setting, but I, I at least want you to believe the idea that taking a lot of time to get traction with your training early on has nothing to do with where you land in the future. It is just your, your process. It's the journey that you're on. Now again, does it mean that person is less likely to stick with it, even if you are able and willing to stick with them? Perhaps. I, I do think that someone who struggles early, there is some correlation with them not going all the way. It's just, you know, some people can do that. Some people may even be galvanized by it and, you know, rise to the challenge. But probably the majority, it's a little more likely that they will find it to be an obstacle and they'll be a little more likely to turn to something else. Sure. And again, maybe you can't give what, them what they need. But don't think that they can't get there. That is just not true. They probably can, and they may end up being the best of us. Talk to you next time.